0: Well, it's good to see everybody this morning. Uh, everybody awake? Who's here? Everybody good? And maybe in here, just not awake. That's okay. Uh, this is our kids head off. Uh, just a reminder, my name's Michael. I'm the pastor here. So uh, if you're online, uh, we're glad that you're here. If you're here in person, it's good to see you in person. Okay? Uh, and so today we're in our series. Series that's been in the book of Revelation devoted to this church evaluation. And today we're going to be looking at the last church the beginning of this book of Revelation. Next couple of weeks, we'll take a look at the throne room, what that looks like, uh, the picture that Jesus gives to John. Uh, But today we'll be looking at the church in Laodicea. Laodicea, it's a fun name. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of great things going on with this church. In fact, there wasn't really anything that they were doing that was extremely positive. There were just some things they needed to work on. They were known as the lukewarm church. So that's the phrase I want you to remember. Uh, It's really more of a question, are we lukewarm? Um, It's good to ask that as a church. It's good to ask that just um, individually, um, as a person, in our relationship with the Lord. Are we lukewarm? Are there things that need to change, things that need to be adjusted? And uh, So I love the quiet time today, too. If you had a chance to check that out in the book of John, um, quite possibly, if there was a low time for Jesus, this would have been one of those, as he uh, is going about telling the people who are following all the disciples, the many ones, more than the twelve, and then there's this mass exodus, uh, when uh, something is said in regards to following Jesus and being faithful, and it says there's a large group that leaves, and then Jesus asks this question to the disciples, and Peter answers... Uh, when he says, uh, are, "Jesus says, are you going to leave too?" and Peter says, "Well, where would we go? You're the one who has the words of life, uh, and that's why we're here this morning. So we celebrate that the word that God gives to us in this final piece of revelation for the church. A lot of things that we we need to take notice of and remember. Uh, and so today, I'm going to got a couple of videos for you. It's going to be media friendly Sunday. Uh, so go ahead and turn your attention to the screens, and we'll jump into it."
1: Okay. This is it. We're going out. First call. It's time to be a hero. Brendan, come on. Let's go. Get this. Get this. Heroes. Rook! Yeah? Hold on there, Rook. We're not going out on this one. Why, why not? We're not ready. We're not. No, we're not. You just go back to bed. I'll let you know. All right? Go on. Hey, Rookie, no, 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 keep working out. We're not strong enough yet. (laughs) No, 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 not yet. It's not a good time, not a good time. Hey, come on, the finitas will burn, calm down. Oh, I just got comfortable. Somebody shut that thing off, it's the best part. Nope, nope. No, no, it's not safe. I'm not feeling it. Not safe? Seriously? We're firefighters. Slow down there, overachiever. You don't even know if people out there like firefighters. I'm not feeling called. Not feeling it. People are dying out there. You know, people die every day, rookie. Don't you think something's wrong here? I mean, isn't it strange that we're a fire station? We don't even put out fires. Nope. We're not getting this one. There's other stations. Come on, it's right next door. Hey, if they want our help, they come and ask us. Well, we'd go over there acting like we're the big shots. We got all the answers. But, hey, they may not even want our help. Help me! Hey, they could be talking to anyone. You firefighters, help me! I gotta catch this call.
0: Here. Well, I'm glad that's now how fire stations work, right? Uh, So, uh, and you guys know, I'm here in the community of Elba. Um, I love serving with the fire department, so it's near and dear to my heart. When I was working on the message, I I found this video and I thought, well, greater than a fire station, that goes to put out physical fires, there's a church, right, in most communities and like ours. We've been given a responsibility uh, to be that in the community, and I love the ministry that um, Tim and Miranda shared with us, uh, what they're doing in Rochester. It's great. So if you can be a part of that, you should, and today we'll be talking about this this lukewarm church, and, and Jesus is going, you know, if you're not excited about what you're doing, if you're not serious about this, then you really shouldn't be on the team, kind of like a firefighter who says, you know what? <laughs> they don't need our help, right? They don't want us to come. And so today, as we jump into this, I want us to think about some of these things, even some of the things that were mentioned in the video, so we're not ready, right? As believers, we kind of go for like times of, you know, seasons of ministry and things where God's wanting to call us out to do something, and we're like, you know what? I'm not ready, God, right? I'm not ready to do that. Uh, another one uh, is, well, um, you know, I'm comfortable, so why, why would I want to do something else when this is comfortable? Well, you know what? We're not strong enough. We're not strong enough to do what God wants us to. Or, God, it's, it's not a good time. I don't know if you knew, but I had something else going on. We've all used that excuse before, haven't we? When God pushes on our hearts and said, you need to go and do this. You need to be faithful, right? Uh, so we said, not enough time, right? And um, So there's a number of excuses we use. Maybe it's not safe. Maybe there's a place God wants us to go. Maybe it's on the mission field. And we say, I don't think God wants me to be unsafe and so there's a time and a season for everything the Scripture tells us um, to go and to do the Lord's work, whether or not it's here in our community or somewhere else, and uh, even just the simple things. Maybe it's that your neighbor needs help with a, with a job or a chore or something, and that's that opportunity to share the gospel. And so I want to encourage you as we walk through this that um, we're all significant, and it doesn't matter whether or not you're... Run into the church and the alarm's going off for the fire station. There's something that God has for all of us to do, and He doesn't want us to be lukewarm, right? He wants us to be on fire for what he wants. And so to set the stage, we've talked about this many times with the church in Laodicea, Jesus was speaking to, being written to from John. So Jesus gives these words to John. He's on the island of Patmos and Again, this wasn't an island that was like the Bahamas. He wasn't going there to sit on the beach and uh, you know have that nice umbrella over him, have a nice cold drink and say, hey, this is so nice. No, this was a place that you were sent to to die. Um, This was a place where other criminals were sent and there were not very many resources and so people were fighting each other over them. And uh, John was for the sole purpose sent there to be put to death, just slowly. And so the Romans had tried to kill John before. He was the last living disciple and so they thought, okay, you know, he just keeps telling people about Jesus and he's encouraging the churches, so we're going to put him there and he's not going to be able to do anything good or positive for God or the church. And what happens God laughs, right? He goes, (laughs) played right into my plan, guys. Played right into the plan. And so he opens up the fabric of space and time, and he says, here's a picture of what's going to happen in the future, right? And so it's just awesome we get to walk through this together. Now, the church in Laodicea, um, there's, not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of encouraging words for them or things that they're doing that are positive, uh, but there's a lot of things that we need to hear and be aware of. Uh, Matthew Henry's commentary says this about the church in Laodicea. We now come to the last and worst of all the seven Asian churches, the reverse of the Church of Philadelphia. For as they were nothing reproved in that, here is nothing commended in this. And yet this was one of the seven golden candlesticks for a corrupt church may still be a church. And when I read that, I was going through his was going, oh, wow. <laughs> because is it more scary that God would come down out of heaven, he would, he would destroy a church for not being faithful, for being lukewarm, or is it more scary that he would allow a church to exist and go, keep doing, keep doing your thing, I mean, not do anything for me. Um, But uh, I guess you can just exist as an entity. And so, like what Matthew Henry said, he goes, they were one of the seven candlesticks, one of these seven golden candlesticks, but they were a corrupt church. But they were still called a church. And so let's remember that as we go through this. And the first fill in the blank is Jesus knows our works. So like all the other churches, as we read through this, Jesus is going to say, hey, I know your works. And he's going to detail some of those. Um, But for this church, he goes, hey, I, I know who you guys are. And then he's got some other things to say. So he knows our works. We can't pretend we've been over that before. And so in 14, uh, it says this. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. So he's setting the stage, and each time he sets up for the church, hey, remember who I am. Remember who Jesus is. He says, the words of the Amen. Now we use that word particularly when we're ending a prayer, right? So we will say, uh, "In Jesus' name, Amen." And this word in the Greek, it's actually "Amen." So you pronounce it the same way, and it just means firm or the affirmation of prayer. And so, what what is Jesus? Well, he's the affirmation of everything. So we a lot of times we say, "In Jesus' name, Amen," and that's enough, right? The capstone. Well, he says the words of the Amen. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. Because where was Jesus at all of this? Many people try to discredit him, but yet he was there at the very foundation of creation. He was active in creation. And he's going, hey, if you want to hear a word, you need to listen up because I'm about to speak and you don't want to forget it. And then in 15, we find that um, Jesus knows the works, and uh, well, why be lukewarm, right? Well, I mean, what's the purpose? Why would you want to do that? He says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So be one or the other. Um, you don't uh, pick up a, uh, in Texas, it would be a, a cold you know, ice glass of uh, iced tea, sweet tea, right? We use sweet tea. Um, it's a little sweeter than it is up here. That's okay. Uh, super sweet there. And so when you, you pick up that drink, you don't want something lukewarm, right? I want some hot sweet tea. No, Nobody wants that, right? On a hot summer day, you want something refreshing, right? Or maybe as it's getting a little... More chilly, right? And the season's beginning to change. Snowed yesterday. So that was fun. Uh, so you may get up in the morning and pick up your hot cup of coffee or cocoa. You, you, know, you don't go to that, that cup and go, you know what? I hope this is lukewarm because that's going to be enjoyable. No, you want something hot, right, to, to warm you up. And so in the same way, Jesus is going, hey, there's no point in being lukewarm. Like, why, why waste the short amount of time that you have? And so he says, why would you do this? And then in verse 16, There's a consequence for this. He says, So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Well, that's not good, right? So the lukewarm church, this church that has been corrupted, that Jesus, he's not saying anything positive about He's just going, you guys are lukewarm, like you need to figure out which side of the fence you're on, okay? So stop sitting there up on the top trying to balance. Pick who you're going to serve. You're going to serve yourself, you're going to serve the Lord. And um, this word here for lukewarm, kliaros in the Greek, it, it just means this, of the condition of the soul wretchedly fluctuating between a tarpor and forver love for or for without God. So we have to decide, I mean, where are we? Are we on one side or the other? Because uh, we can't be in the middle, and Jesus says, you're not gonna be able to serve any purpose. Are you indifferent? Um, are you okay with mediocrity? I think we have to ask ourselves some of those questions so we don't just fall in this place of like, Yeah, you know, I'll come to church. I mean, I'll be there every once in a while. Like if there's a special event, especially pie, there's pie next week, so make sure you're here for that. So if there's pie, then I will be there. If there's some benefit to me, then I will be there. And we lose sight of what our purpose is um, that God wants us to find a place to serve, to be invested in and be a part of. And so here's the second fill in the blank. So we know that Jesus knows our works. Well, he also knows our reality, the reality of our situation. I think many times we... We think about Jesus as this character, he's, you know, he's up in heaven, you know, he, we kind of think about him like a character in Greek mythology, you know, he's so far away and you know, there's every once in a while that you know, we feel like he's close or you know, if he gets angry then he'll do something and it'll cause a natural disaster. A lot of people think about God in that way or simply that, yeah, I love and I serve God and I'm at church every Sunday but I'm being honest, Like, I really only talk to him when I need something. And so that's some of us, right? And so we have to work ourselves out of that and know that like, Jesus cares about us more deeply than just knowing what we're doing on a regular basis. So he doesn't look down and go, okay, things look good. I'm going to check in on you guys in six months or so. So you know, don't do anything crazy because I'll be back. Uh, no, he's constantly aware of what's going on, so he knows our reality. Uh, and in 17, uh, we know that uh, Jesus knows the reality of our spiritual state. Uh, so he knows us intimately, doesn't he? He knows what's going on in our midst, in our families, in our schools, in our work. Uh, and then he, he also knows something even deeper than that, something that maybe nobody else really knows you in, your spiritual state. I hope there's somebody else that does, maybe a spouse or another family member. Uh, but Jesus knows. This is not something we can hide from him. So he uh, it says in verse 17, "'For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing.'" Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. That's not a good list, right? So when, when we read this, the church is going, Jesus says, hey, you know, I, I know what you guys think you are, but not so much. He, he says, y- you say, I'm rich. Well, maybe you got money. Says, you've prospered. Maybe you've done well for yourself. Uh, and I need nothing. Not realizing what? Uh Uh-oh, so there's some things maybe we think at times like merit us good standing or favor with God. I just, I talk to people all the time that are going, well, I mean, I seem to have done well for myself. So, I mean, God and I are good, right? Well, I go, it kind of depends on if you have a relationship with him or not to begin with. Just because maybe you've been successful in life doesn't mean that things are all good with God. So what's this list? Wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked there's a couple of these words we'll look at this blind uh the tuflus in the uh, greek it means mentally and spiritually blind so he's not going hey you know you guys can't see like you can see physically you can see the things going on you can see what's going on in the world in fact you interpret things in the world correctly from a worldly standard you may be rich you maybe have prospered you maybe have done well and and from the outside everybody's going that like that guy he's solid like man he's got a lot of things going for him But then Jesus says something different. He goes, you're mentally and spiritually blind. You can't see things right. Well, how do we see things well? Um, We did a series last year called 2020 Vision. um, How to see things With God's lenses, so every day we're putting on these lenses, right? We're putting on these glasses that, especially, I feel like as we approach the holiday season, everybody gets like you know more and more tense, and like everything gets more and more busy. And like, oh, I gotta go here, I gotta go this place, I gotta get this gift for this person. I don't get it, or it's not on that shelf, man. Somebody like that clerk is gonna hear something from me, right? So we're not we don't see clearly, and then that affects everything else. So uh, we need we need to be aware if we're spiritually blind. And Jesus says, hey, this is one of your issues and then he uses this word for naked, and in the Greek, it's this word gumnos. It just means you don't have any spiritual covering, right? So we're going about life, and we're just going, you know what? Like I'll talk to God at some point, but I don't really need spiritual protection. I don't need to go to Ephesians. Remember the series we just did on spiritual warfare? I don't need to put on that armor. You know what? My mind, that helmet of salvation, not super important. I mean, I know there's a lot of other things going on in the world that are vying for my attention, that are getting into my head and my mind. I don't need that breastplate of righteousness because, uh, well, I can do it on my own. I mean, I am righteous after all. No, Jesus says you, you need these things. You need a spiritual covering. Don't go out there and uh, and find out what's going to happen because it's going to go bad. You'll eventually come to the place where you realize oh, I've been serving myself, or I've only thought I was doing well, but really I'm not doing super well. Um, so there's a list of things, the signs of the lukewarm Christian. Uh, maybe just jot them down and then go, God, is there anything I need to uh, address right here? So one of them is uh, self-satisfaction. Um, self-satisfaction. So maybe we, uh, you approach life in this way. You go, you know what, God, I'm good. Like Things are going well, and I feel like I've really done well for myself, and I'm, I'm satisfied in what I've accomplished. Uh, And so um, that's one of the signs. Uh, Mediocrity uh, is another. Maybe we go, (laughs) I've become a pretty good Christian up until this point, and so uh, I don't really think I need to do anything else. I mean, if I was like this way the rest of my life, I think God would be, he'd say, good job, good job. So maybe we just kind of settle for that. We're going like, what is that next step? You know, I think about... Um, what Tim and Miranda shared, uh, which is awesome, like stepping into this ministry role, going like, God, how do you want us to serve you faithfully in this area? So that's just amazing to me. Uh, but maybe for some of us, it's not like it's not like jumping into another ministry. Maybe it's just going, hey, you know, we need help in the nursery, right? We need help coordinating that. Uh, maybe it's with Children's Church. We need somebody to help out in that area and going, you know what, I can do that. And so uh, I want us to pray about these things because I don't want us to fall in this place where we just go, I, I'm a participant, but... You know, I'm not really somebody who's going to be a part of the team. I'm not, you know, we say I'm not the A team, right? Or I'm not the first string. Uh, so I can't really be involved. But you can. Uh, so another one is spiritual laziness. You know, we get up, we go about our days. Um, You're know, like, well, I'll get around to spending time with the Lord. Oh, but wait, the game's on. Oh, wait, this thing's going on. Oh, you know what? I really need to take care of this. And so there's this, maybe we're busy, right? Or maybe we're like... <laughs> But we're like, I'm, I'm not lazy. Maybe you do a lot of things that are really positive, really helpful. Maybe you're involved in the community, but but yet in your own spiritual nature, you go, ah, uh, yeah, maybe I am a little bit. Uh, another one is complacency. You know, we, we, we just sort of go, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to do that thing. But then at the end of the day, like, you know, if I was at church Sunday I, or not, I wouldn't really care, right? We're just sort of like, I'll go there if I have to or if my spouse wants me to. Um, then the last one, unfaithfulness. Uh, and this was where Jesus was pushing the church. He was going, uh, look, you guys, you're, you're lukewarm. Like, like, what's the point of doing that? Like, like, decide where you stand because being lukewarm, there's, there's no purpose. There's no um, usefulness for you um, because what are we really showing in being lukewarm? We're really just unfaithful, right? We're not committed to the Lord. And so that's the list there. And then we jump into verse 18. Uh, and It says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments. So that you may clothe yourselves, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and salve to anoint your eyes, so that you may see. And so he's talking about these white garments again. When we see this, they're these heavenly uh, garments that we get put on, right? We, we, we die and we stand before God, or he, uh, he raptures us, or he rescues us, and we stand before him, and what is he going to do? Well, he's standing there, he's going... You're in the book, right? We talked about the book too. So you're in the book. Here's your white robe. By the way, I'm gonna write some things on you. You belong to me. And then we're in heaven. And then it's amazing because we're standing in this great multitude. Revelation 7, 9 uses the same word for these white garments. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands. So we have something to look forward to and we can't be this church that goes, you know, yeah Jesus we we know you know our works, but you, but you really know us. I mean, you really know our spiritual nature. And if we were being honest with ourselves, is there is there some area in our life that we just feel like, you know, God, I need to I need to work on that. Maybe the Lord's pressing on your heart now in that because what do we have to look forward to? Well, this eternal dwelling where we know where our riches will be, because we get confused, don't we? Now, everybody, most people, we have a job. We go and we do that. We live our lives, uh, and the Lord provides for us, and we're thankful for that. But sometimes we make that the focus instead of, like, we, we like the earthly garments, right? Like, what are you wearing to church? Right? Sometimes people notice that. Are you in the, the, the most um, up-to-date style? Uh, are we more concerned with what? God is going to give us the heavenly garment when we stand before Him in heaven. Because we don't know; it could be tomorrow. You think, man, I got a good thirty, forty, fifty years maybe, but there's no guarantees, and so we have to go. God, what do you want us? To, how do you want us to live right now, so that we can have in perspective uh, heaven and wearing that white garment, because we're going to be standing with all the rest of the saints, right? Jesus says, "Hey, it's available to you now. It's available to you now." And in verse 19. He says, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. And so Jesus uses a different word for love when he talks to the church in Laodicea. He uses this word in the Greek, the phileo love, the uh, familial love. And so he not only loves us unconditionally, but he says here, he says, hey, I, I love you guys. I love the church in Laodicea. I, I, and I'm, <laughs> we think about discipline nowadays, right? We think about like um, uh, security or authority, and we go... No, that's out, right? That's what our culture would say. No one can tell me what to do. But Jesus is going, I'm telling you what to do because I love you. I love you like like no one goes to their kid, hey, um, you know, play on that cliff, right? That that's gonna go well. Are you or yeah, ride your bike with no helmet. That's gonna be that's gonna be excellent. You know, no, you're gonna be picking them up off the curb, bleeding out of their head. So Jesus is going, hey, I love you like a father loves their child with this phileo love. Uh, and he he says so be zealous and repent there's really only one option for this lukewarm church like they're not like they're not doing a few things as well they're just they're just lukewarm and he says repent from that like be serious about following me be committed about following me uh, and so yeah he says i love you i love you like a child and the last last fill in the blank, Jesus knows our solution. So, hey, there's a solution. That's good, right? He knows the works. He knows the reality of our situation. Never think that Jesus doesn't understand like what we're going through, right? Sometimes we think Jesus has no idea. I mean, if he knew like what I was going through, then, um, you know, he would understand and he'd be, he'd be like, yeah, you get a pass. No, he, he understands what we've gone through. How do you think Jesus felt when you read The Quiet Time today? How do you think he felt when all these people who had been following him, and he knew they were just following him because of what he could do for them, right? He, he said, you're following me because your stomachs are full, right? What happens when your stomach's not full? Are you still going to be following Jesus? Because what happened, this large group of people left, and he looks, he looks at Peter and he goes, are you going to leave me too? Peter's like, I don't know where I'd go, right? I don't know where I'd go. And so we have to have that same attitude that that where else could we go but to the person, to the God who has the words of life, which he gives to us. Because he says in verse 20 here, behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. I love this uh, picture. It's uh, Holman Hunt's painting entitled The Light of the World. It's inspired by this passage. I don't know if you can see it clearly, but there's Jesus. He's knocking on the door, and there's weeds and all kinds of things growing up in front of it. There's a question of, can, can this door even be opened? But, but what does Jesus say? Uh, he says, Behold, I stand at the door, and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him. And he with me. So, what's this option here? Do you hear him? Right? He's going to say at the end of every, talking to every single one of these churches hey, he who has an ear needs to hear what I'm saying, he who has the spiritual ear can hear it. So there's this question, are we outside, have we like shut the door to Jesus? Maybe we've put our faith and trust in him in the past, and we've just sort of shut that door, and we go, you know what? I don't want to hear it anymore. I kind of want to do my own thing. Uh, or, or maybe you're in here, or maybe you're listening online, you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus to begin with, and you're just going like, I want that, but how do I open the door? There's stuff in front of it. Maybe there's people that are like, no, don't follow Jesus. There's people trying to keep you from getting to him. And he says, what do you have to do? If you hear my voice, just open the door. And I'll come in to him and eat with him and he with me. And he says in 21, The one who conquers I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Well, what's the good news? Well, we have this to look forward to. Um, we not only are saved um, from, from all of this life. When we die and we stand before God, uh, reconciled to Him wholeheartedly, and He puts that robe on us. That's, that's going to be awesome. But then He's given us this special placement that we will sit on a throne with Him, that we will judge the nations. We're, we're, we're not just like showing up and we're worshiping God, we're doing that, but then also we've given this special placement to judge the rest of the world after He's taken us up to be with Him. And then he reminds us if you've heard something, do something with it. He says in verse 22 He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So do something with it, right? And then we come in these doors like every Sunday, you know. And I, for years, I'm working with students, which I love, and just love getting to hang out with them, doing the reverb thing. That was awesome. Um, a little more painful than when I was 20 doing that, but uh, I'm still recovering a little bit. And so when we do those kind of things, we're excited about that. I love being with the kids because I think for a lot of them, like a lot of this is new and exciting, right? And for us, we go, yeah, some of it feels old or some of it feels like, you know, the weeds have grown up and I don't know what to do anymore. And Jesus says, just just hear my voice. If you hear it, open the door. And then he reminds us, he who what well, has an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Is because he's got our solution. And for you, if you're in here, or if you're listening online, if you've not put your faith and trust in Jesus, the solution to and all, all your unhappiness and, and depression and, and just going like, there's nothing in this life that has made me happy, I promise you would find that in Jesus. You wouldn't necessarily find what he says to the church uh, about their own perception, like, we're rich. Things have gone well. We've prospered. He's not saying that. He's saying, you would find true joy. Because what does he say? I'm going to come in to them. I'm going to eat with them, and I'm going to be there, right? And as we've looked throughout this, this text of churches, we're reminded that, that when Jesus, the doors open to him, he's not going to go anywhere, right? He's going to hold us, and he's going to keep us. And so the question is, what do we do from here? We've heard what he has said, so where do we go? Because he's got the solution for us. And so I want to share just um, one more video, um, just to make us think. Um, so take a look, and then we'll close it out.
1: awake Waco sleeper, in the valley of bones, born dead in sin, wandering alone. Awake Waco sleeper, you go your own way, thinking pleasure is freedom, but covered in chains. Awake, O sleeper. From dust you were made. This life is a vapor. And it quickly fades. Awake, O sleeper. You try to live right. But darkness prevails overcomes all your might. Awake, O sleeper, before all is lost. Trust not in yourself, but blood on a cross. Awake, O sleeper, and turn to the one who loved so amazing. Surrendered his son. Awake, O sleeper, in the valley of bones. Rescued from sin, no longer alone.
0: Maybe we just need a wake-up call. Uh, maybe we just need to be serious about this God that we worship and not accept mediocrity in our life and not be lukewarm. Well, we all have tough days, right? But God's called us to something greater, something more amazing. I'll leave you with this passage, and we'll close in prayer. Philippians two twelve through 16 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, vain. And so one of the slogans we've used for years, Philippians 2:16, hold fast to the word of life, and that's essential, it'll produce growth in life, in your life, and but maybe you're here today, maybe you've been listening to this, and you're like, yeah, there's some things I can learn, I can grow from, but maybe you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus for the first time, and it's as easy as this, admit that you're a sinner, believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and was raised from the dead, conquering sin and death. And then confess with your mouth that he's the Lord of your life. And the scriptures tell us, if you do that, you'll be saved. But maybe just take stock today. There's something God's going, hey, right there. Let's adjust that a little bit. And let's be sensitive to the spirit that he's given us. Now, let me pray for us and we'll close. Uh, Father, we thank you uh, for this day, this day to be together, uh, for your church, which um, encourages, encourages me, I know, every time I'm in the doors. I uh, Thank you for this uh, family that we get to be a part of here in this place. I pray that you would uh, help us as we um, leave here. uh, Remind us of the things that uh, you have taught us. Um, God, that in all this, you know our works. It's not a secret from you. You you know our reality, our spiritual nature, uh, where we are at. God, you know the solution to uh, help us grow. Um, God, you're standing at the door. I pray that we would open that door if we've maybe closed it for a time and say, God, we don't need you. God, we, we know that we do. I pray that we would turn towards you. We'd wake up from whatever sleep that we're in of depression or pain or sadness in the light of recent events even and say, God, well, no matter what's going on, uh, we will do the work uh, that you have set before us. And it's in your name we pray, amen. amen. Uh, well, I love you, church. I have a, this a special announcement I want to uh, share.